You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Let's enter into the joy zone with these indie creators. Follow, follow the sun, and which way the wind blows when this day is done. Nice to have you on KLBP 99.1 FM, Long Beach. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. And sorry we, uh, we're digging into your day here, but um, it's nice to have somebody that's involved in uh, a number of different things that Long Beach is certainly interested in. And that's cannabis and spirituality, my brother. So you kind of represent that perfectly. 
And you're on a show um, called Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. So what greater joy zone is there than being in your world, Frank? Mm. Yeah? Indeed, it's, a, it's an interesting time to be alive. Got so much going on and both cannabis and, uh, and the, you know, popularization of uh, entheogens as, um, you know, plant medicine to, for the betterment of humanity, um, which is kind of what I've been focusing on lately. I haven't spoken to Suzanne in a while, and so there's lots to bring everybody up to speed on. Well, good. We're, 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 we're all ears. I mean, this industry that you're, you're in has been booming since 2016, from what I can see in terms of the data points. It's amazing the amount of investment. I read something like $477 million invested in the cannabis industry in 2016. I mean, what a blast off that is, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I got in a few years before that. Um, and have the arrows in my back as a pioneer to show it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that must have been rough. Yeah, it, it, yeah, indeed. And you know, uh, people point to me as as um, you know, kind of one of the early adopters. But in fact, I was not. There are people that have 20 years plus uh, behind when I started. And, you know, I started looking at it around 2010 and. Wow, those, those are some people that really endured a lot of um, a lot of a lot of pain, frankly, uh, bucking the system to get uh, the cannabis industry rolling. Well, guys, what, 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 look at the elements you're dealing with. You're fighting the federal government. You're fighting probably car cartels early on. I mean, good lord! I, I mean, talk about <laughs> talk about risky business. I mean, those are two, those are two big mammoth forces that are uh, that are pushing down on uh, on you or on you early guys coming in trying to make it try well, actually keeping it legal. And I remember back in uh, God when I was in Venice, there was uh, dispensaries opening up and then closing down, and then the rules changed, and then they changed again, and people were like investing money, and then they were losing their business. I mean, it was just like this crazy, crazy world, but. People can certainly see the potential in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt, wow. no doubt. I was uh, sort of invited in uh, after I, I, I sold an investment bank. That's my my background in, in twenty ten, and around then, you know, people started sort of approaching me to become a dispensary owner, a grower, you know, finance projects, etc. But um, it was really gnarly back then. I have a number of friends who were held at gunpoint um, and um, you know hauled off to jail and went through all all manner of atrocities uh, getting this industry started and I frankly did not have the the um, chutzpah to, to jump in at that time but in about 2013 uh, we started seeing the first public companies traded on the bulletin board and um, and they traded with great liquidity and velocity, um, despite the fact that there really wasn't. Um, there were, there were, you know, typically, you can sort of spot a public company that's that's out there and trading with great volume because uh, they've hired promoters. And these were companies that didn't really, uh, as far as I could tell, have any real promoters behind them. But it was genuine public interest. And so that's when you know 
it's dropped in for me that this is something that's here to stay. Uh, once you get the capital markets behind you, um, it's hard to it's hard to uh, keep it down because you know, frankly, we're a capitalist-run society. And um, on that basis, I, I started a fund, one of the one of the first funds in the business, uh, MJIC, the marijuana investment company. There were a couple others um, that were a few months behind me. Um, Privateer and Poseidon, and um, it was it was a really fun period in, in the early years uh, from between about well 2013 to and up till up till recently. I mean, in the past couple of years, there are so many funds now that are dedicated to cannabis. But at the time, it gave me an interesting um, viewpoint to be sitting on because everybody needed capital to to grow and. Um, you know, we could be of a great deal of assistance with frankly very little capital. I mean, we had, you know, deployed maybe 15 million bucks over the first, I don't know, three years or so, um, and helped a lot of companies, um, you know, get, get to where they are now. And, you know, that's, uh, as you pointed out, very little capital to, uh, in today's world. There are hundreds of millions of dollars being invested uh, every year. Uh, but it was an exciting time to be participating in the business. Well, I, I, I see you got like there's 13 to 18,000 businesses actually operating in the United States at this point in time. Uh, Suzanne, Suzanne had mentioned that, you know, th there's a purpose behind this. It's just not like a, when it went recreational, I guess people got happy, but it, there's a, maybe you could, you and Suzanne could shed some light on the medicinal aspects and how important it is for certain types of people struggling with certain things to have access to this. Yeah, no doubt. That was one of the things that really motivated me early on. I had lots of opportunities to uh, stay in and around the capital markets, uh, you know, selling oil and gas limited partnerships or brokering, you know, gold or whatever. But that really wasn't interesting to me. And I, and I, um, so appreciate the the social aspects of of this um, to have kind of facilitated finishing what you know the um, the, um, the the hippies in the '60s had, had started and uh, bringing it uh, you know into into full legality, which is still yet to come, frankly, uh, until the federal government uh, um, deschedules deschedules cannabis. Um, we're still going to have. Uh, limited access to capital. Um, once the feds uh, deschedule it or somehow reposition it to open up banking and um, these companies can access a, a, a traditional bank loan, uh, that will represent another big um, explosion in, in values uh, like we've seen up in Canada that does have federal legalization. That's where the real big action is, and it's because the uh, institutional capital can can come in and support the markets up there. Um, and so that's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to that hopefully in the next few years. And if you can explain to the listeners, Frank, just a little bit about uh, what that means, because a lot of people are, uh, cannabis companies are cash rich, right? Uh, because the banks don't want to be so involved with that type of business, even though it's legal. If you could expand upon that. Thank you. 
You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Explain to the listeners, Frank, just a little bit about uh, what that means, because a lot of people are uh, cannabis companies are cash rich, right? Uh, because the banks don't want to be so involved. Well, in yeah, they, um, uh, you know, at this point, the companies in the U that are U.S. based are really um, forced to uh, capitalize their companies based on private investment, family offices, uh, high net worth individuals, um, and and some of the many uh, investment funds that have now cropped up. But in a federally legal environment, you, you can also access uh, institutional capital. And by that, I mean pension funds and insurance companies that are controlling billions and billions of dollars in their portfolios, and they're all looking for returns. But at this point, because it's federally uh, illegal, that, uh, none of them will do it. Uh, very, very few investment banks will even get behind a deal here in the U.S. because, um, you know, they're afraid that FINRA and the SEC will, will, will um, you know, come down on them on, on some level. Uh, I experienced it myself as a, as a banker without any, uh, for 30 years, without any Mars on my record uh, until I got into cannabis and was, you know, one of the early adopters waving the cannabis flag and, and they they came down on me and and uh, you know figured out a way to uh, sanction me uh, in the industry because I was uh, advertising uh, on the on the uh, uh, investment cannabis site uh, in a way that they didn't appreciate and they kind of collapsed in their rules and regs that regulate broker dealers into this uh, separate you know business that I was running. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't like the way, the, the, the things that I had presented on the website, even though they were perfectly true, you know, indicating, for example, that it's the fastest growing ind industry in America. And um, they didn't like it, so. <laughs> so I guess, well, I guess they've got 23, I guess the estimated, there's another number I saw, 23 billion is estimated uh, uh, uh within the company within the marijuana industry by 2025 i mean that's an amazing number that sounds about right and uh you know, as i said i think the the best is yet to come when it comes to all this um w again once the feds um, sort of release cannabis from the uh schedule one which is an absurd place for it to have ever been um you know that's right there with crystal meth and you know things that really have no value at all uh, to us as, as beings and rightfully should be scheduled um, you know something like cannabis that has lacked um, federal recognition has also been because it's schedule one classified uh, it's impeded any form of uh, clinical trials or research on the um, benefits that it can have and is now proving to have uh, on, on us uh, to treat uh, various um, conditions. Um, from, you know, early on it was clearly glaucoma and uh, um, 
it's really good for palliative care uh, in, in uh, cancer, uh, for the after effects of chemotherapy. Uh, and in fact, California was the first state to have any version of, of legality uh, based on Prop 215, which is the uh, uh, Compassionate Care Act. Uh, and it allowed um, the sale of cannabis to patients who were recommended to have cannabis um, by a doctor. But of course, it didn't have any other provisions for, it was still illegal to, to, to grow it or productize it or, uh, you know, e even sell it. They were, you were allowed to sort of have it um, through um, um, uh, cooperative um, uh, cooperatives that were set up as the early dispensaries. Um, as that changes, uh, again, we'll see, uh, a, I think, a big boom in investment. Um, uh, when it becomes federally legal, then the, the big, big companies can come in and will come in and start buying uh, the already, you know, uh, in certain cases, billion dollar plus value uh, companies that are public uh, for multiples of that because the you know, big pharma and, and uh, companies like that, uh, you know, um, uh, other industries that want to get in, Philip Morris's of the world and things, they're undoubtedly uh, doing lots of research on the side and uh, have a great interest in getting into this market. Well, sure. To get a head start, we'll see a lot of uh, acquisition. Well, and early on, there, there was a CBD project out of San Francisco. They had done a lot of research. Uh, and got it to a lot of the California dispensaries. I think that was like 2010 to 12. Um, is that project still in place? And they were doing from cannabis to CBD. And obviously CBD has become a big market share uh, from the THC market. Yeah. yeah, CBD is in a separate classification. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, the um, Farm Bill uh, classified hemp distinct from cannabis, even though they're, they're the same plant, uh, they uh, effectively defined hemp as cannabis that has less than 0.3% THC. And, um, and that is allowed to be to be grown prolifically, um, you know, anywhere in the US. And from the uh, hemp plants that are um, strains that, that, that have a high uh, cannabidiol uh, content, CBD, they're extracting it into oil and, uh, and selling the uh, CBD products as sublinguals and various other intake forms. Ed edibles, that's called, it's called, can it's called candy, right? Isn't that, isn't that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> well, not those kind of edibles. <laughs> it's like, I think, for, I saw another number, 44% of the market is made up of candy or edible marijuana. Which is interesting. Fifty smokable stuffs like fifty-four percent and uh, tinc tinctures. I hear I hear Suzanne talk about tinctures all the time. It's, it's tinctures make up seventeen percent of that market. What's interesting, Frank? It's not just you know your your business prowess. You've got all that under your belt. Uh, it's this spiritual side of you. I heard you're you're a yogi. Uh, uh, I guess you, you've. I mean, how has that influenced your perspective on everything that you're doing? What what is being, what's being a yogi to you mean to you now? In terms of, I mean, that's really the important stuff, right? Isn't that stuff that why you get up in the morning? 
That's yeah. That's, that's it. Right? That's, it's that's not his other crap. crap. It's it's like it's like you know. There's something else going on with Frank here that's driving him into this into this other side. What's going on with that? Tell us about yeah. being a yoga a, a, a yoga person. Yeah. Well, that's that's really uh, you hit on the head. That's what got me up off of my yoga mat after uh, selling my my bank after the 2008 meltdown. I sold my uh, you know boutique investment firm and and just kind of became became a yoga teacher and uh, just didn't feel compelled to move uh, for anything until I saw this coming and and it's mostly driven by that who who are, who are your mentors who are your mentors who helped you who turned you on to it you know I suppose my, my earliest uh, teacher I would have to credit is Gunga White um, who runs the White Lotus Fund and and Tracy Rich is his partner and uh, they run the White Lotus Foundation that's been uh, up in Santa Barbara for, gosh, I want to say 30, 30 years or something. And uh, so Ganga and Tracy really kind of flipped the switch for me. Um, Tim Miller, uh, who's a student of Patabi Joyce uh, for my Ashtanga training, was a, a big influence. And uh, Shiva Ray, uh, Sean Korn, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the yogis that are now you know sort of yoga yoga rock stars or whatever <laughs> isn't that an oxymoron <laughs> yoga rock star <laughs> she was one of my mentors i mean she she gave me a good part of my teacher training and uh, so did sean corn spent a lot of time with both of those wonderful people yeah yeah they're powerful powerful activists do, do, you, do you remember when the light went off what class you were in and all of a sudden it was like holy christ i gotta i gotta I got to change some stuff up. Do you remember where you were when that happened? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, when I, f I first started into yoga in the, uh, I I've been a friend to sort of studio arts, if you will, martial arts and stuff since I was a kid. And um, in about 90, I don't know, early 90s, 91, 2, 3, somewhere in there, uh, I, you know, as is common, uh, started uh I saw some yoga classes. I, I had gone to a few, actually, believe it or not, in the late '70s um, in Orange County. There's there's a uh, there's a place right up on 17th Street that's been there forever. That's an old uh, Shivananda uh, center, and it's very esoteric. And you know, there were turbans, and I was a little kid, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is weird, but interesting." <laughs> I've always been interested in the mystics, mystical side of things. The Italian Catholic boy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> recovering Catholic, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, at a certain point, you know, it, it related to my sports club, I, 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 I saw a yoga class. I'm like, oh, good, you know, I'll go do some stretching basically before, before I do my my big boy workout, right? And every time after I finished that yoga class, I was like, I don't want to work out. <laughs> I feel I feel fine, right? <laughs> and. <laughs> And, uh, and that's when I started, at, at the same time, I was really um, indulging in, in Zen meditation. And I, you know, kind of linked up the two as a, you know, with the physical body as being a portal to a greater, greater consciousness that's available to us by slowing everything down physically, we uh, find that still point uh, in us. And, uh, and that's when I really uh, started, you know, biting down. I had a, I had a, big uh, awakening when I was 33 up at uh, the Esalen Institute where they do a lot of great work and uh, 
uh, one day I was up there and I was in a meditation retreat and uh, met a, um, you know, kind of my first healer. She could can tell herself, sat plopped down in front of me, a big, beautiful Australian woman named Liz. And um, I said, what, you know, tell me about it. What do you do? She said, I'm a healer. I said, oh. I said, good, he, you know, heal me. <laughs> but I didn't even know that meant. <laughs> and sure enough, she brought me down to the baths and did like a three-hour session on me. And I ended up balled up like a like a baby, weeping and moaning and crying for them. You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Hey folks, it's Dave Bernal, also known as Just Dave. I'm the host of the California Country Radio Show, which airs Thursdays at 3 p.m. with an encore performance Mondays at 5 p.m. right here on KLBP Long Beach Public Radio. The history of California and all the independent artists that we have coming out here grows this scene, and you're going to be a part of it, whether you like it or not. But you're going to like it. Believe me. It's the California Country Show on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio. Probably the first time in 25 years. <laughs> crying, crying for little kids or whatever, and I stopped. Hey, for, for our KLBP Long Beach audience, Frank Moreno's not a little wimpy guy either. He's a, like this big, strong guy. So he, it's a big, strong guy curled up in the fetal position, white whimpering like a little baby. That's a different story. <laughs> for the next month, I mean, many months, I remember driving home from Esalen feeling like I was, I was, uh, you know, on a, on a psychedelic, <clears throat> feeling completely transformed and had this sort of voice or, or something that this, this sort of warm, fuzzy feeling in my chest that had never been there before. And that was, you know, connection to source, whatever you want to call it. And I started listening really deeply to that and, kind of abiding by it was it wasn't didn't speak in complicated language it was just kind of yes no and uh the more i leaned into the yeses and away from the no's the the more efficient my my life became actually um i i, I was doing a lot less but what i was doing was much more effective um there were there were far fewer yeses than there were no's, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, but every time I followed one, it just magically manifested whatever it was I was I was looking to manifest. And so I did my best to keep that alive and started my first investment bank on that basis. <clears throat> and uh, and then got so busy and hyper caffeinated on espressos and running around the world chasing money. After a year or so, I'm like, oh, you know, what, where, where is that? And, and, and I, and I had lost that connection. I felt, felt that I'd lost that connection. And it was, um, it was really, you know, kind of devastating for me. And, and, uh, during that same period, I, um, was diagnosed with leukemia. Fuck. And, had, that you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I thought, oh my God, you know, this is like God punishing me or whatever and I need to get back on my my zafu you know and, and there's the recovering catholic <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Wait. What's interesting? Just watching you go start as this as this little sharing started, uh, like uh, like 20 minutes ago. As you were in your business, you were you were definitely energy here. And the moment we brought up the yoga, you were definitely here. So it's interesting just watching the smile on your face happen when when we start talking about these uh, these true experiences within the the realm of yoga. And and how did, did was that instrumental in uh, allowing you to see the practical uses for marijuana in helping people, especially people on the way out, people dealing with severe pain, people that uh, had unique issues that could be served by this particular plant? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the various plant medicines, including cannabis, um, offer, uh, you know, kind of an accelerated um, look into into the the level of, of connection that we can feel with source energy can you explain can you can you explain source energy to, to our, our audience? audience no <laughs> <laughs> suzanne it's the unexplainable <laughs> suzanne explain source energy would you suzanne go ahead oh gosh <laughs> so i get that one um <laughs> well i can share you know where I, it's okay for Frank if I share this, but where I met Frank is with, with um, actually Elevate, you know, we were there, uh, and in a plant medicine ceremony, that's actually where we met. Um, and so I, that oneness he's talking about, or source you're talking about, is just this divine thread that pulls you in and gives you a perspective. And I think for the listeners, plant medicine isn't necessarily meant like you don't run around and do certain plant medicines all the time because it's a process to lead into it and lead out of it. Um, and the information you get, it's like going into a sweat lodge. You get a glimpse of maybe, uh, and you maybe purge, you release, but then there's the work that's with it because you might see something and not realize how intertwined and I can't speak for you, Frank, but for me, it'd be like I'd see my microcosm, but then I'd see how it's intertwined into the collective um, field. And so sometimes that was always fascinating to see that if I took at least my part out, uh, maybe I could help the whole. And then that you always feel so much love, like it's just this divine love. Uh, so I don't I don't know how to yeah. again, again put so, well, source energy. Well, well, source energy, maybe for our audience, they can take possibly the the concept of aligning when the body becomes aligned with its environment there's an opening and an enlightenment that happens that allows for our energy to move through us allows for the source energy to move through us when we become present when this organism aligns itself with its environment so that happens through meditative repose it happens through hopefully through yoga and certainly when we go into zen practice we're already in that state connected to source making our observations and what's interesting about this plant and a lot of artists attest to it is that this plant somehow allows them to align properly which allows them to you know be involved in their art in a particular way that connects them to their audience so for me that's source energy go ahead frank Continue. Well, I think just to interject really quick on that is that plants, like if we talk about cannabis or tobacco, um, the Peruvians, they'll do dietas and not only with certain plants that is a more medicine and psychedelic experience, you'll actually commune like the dreaming trees, the pink huckleberry trees. You'll do dieta with that plant commune for a whole month. And that's not necessarily so psychedelic. It's like you're bathing with it. You're making oils with it. You're dreaming with it. 
Uh, tobacco is another one that's a really intense uh, process to commune with the plants. And ultimately, cannabis is to be held that way. It's not really meant to be so recreational. And I, I feel as the reverence keep shifts and changes, uh, its healing powers will intensify because, you know, sometimes when we don't hold things a certain way, uh, the plant is patient. <laughs> It'll say, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you'll figure it out. But you, it's, you know, it, it works with the ego. You know, it's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest uh, functions of meditative practices and the plant medicines is that through the, the, the journey, the arc of, of ingesting plant medicine, whether it's, you know, San Pedro or ayahuasca or uh, Santa Maria, which is cannabis, there's there's often sort of an arc where we go through and and deconstruct the ego um, and 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 it sheds away all the things that we don't need so that we can a attain a, a moment or a period of, of real presence and what's left is this pure consciousness that that um, comes with this ocean feeling of oceanic bliss um, and the recognition nice. that we are that we, we are we are that source energy we are a reflection of, of the god the godhead um you know <laughs> major religions call it god or allah or whatever um it's all the same it's all the same it comes in different names and there are various ways to get there well you know what that, that that's 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 a really a that's really a beautiful thing that you said and we're going to celebrate that as soon as suzanne gets her bell because that is what this show is about it is about that universal alignment and discovery and realization in action through frank marino you're on klbp 98.1 fm long beach and you're on indie creators in the joy zone with thomas artabani and suzanne toro there you go there it is <laughs> You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Hey, Long Beach, this is Kenny Field of the Go Go Boots radio program. You can listen to us Monday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. and again on Friday mornings, 11 to 1, right here on 99.1 FM KLBP. Got the Tibetan bell. That's a, the big Tibetan uh, bell. <laughs> and that and that's and that we share that we we ring that bell when 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 uh, a guest hits on something that just resonates with the entire planet, and that certainly resonated. Uh, that's that's really that's really beautiful, and that seems to be what it what it's all about in terms of the reconnection and the rebalancing. So that that heart chakra that you described like this, it's amazing that when we go to work, somehow this thing goes to sleep, um, and then it's amazing when this thing stays awake while you go to work, and the different results and the different dynamics and relationships, and the how how the vision is different into the opportunities when. When the heart chakra stays open, um, uh, but it seems like a, it seems like our Western our Western education kind of asks us to cut this off and puts us up here and makes us uh, 
makes us crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Western civilization was founded on the ancient Greek, uh, you know, pre-Socratic uh, philosophers. What did you say? Lessons of what? Can you say that again? The um, pre-Socratic philosophers are are kind of the bedrock of Western civil civilized thinking, and they celebrated logic. You know, the Aristotelian logic, and celebrated you know our our intellect and being guided by reason, and. And it was, I think, to the detriment uh, in a lot of ways of spirit. Uh, it, it, I think it contributed a great deal to, you know, what we call civilized, you know, the civilized world and, and you know, our progress as humans. But it stripped us of our um, tribal, you know, uh, indigenous roots that that are more pagan and and have a balanced. Um, Way of, of approaching the world that includes, uh, you know, ritualized uh, communion within your community, and and um, you know ways of of having direct contact with with the spirit world, and that's been sort of shelved uh, for the past several hundred you know years, a couple thousand years, um, and I think there's a big calling today uh, to reclaim all that. Um, and and uh, plant medicines can uh, help us get there, and you know there's there's um, there's some dangers with it, if you will, and that people can get lost in in the medicine, thinking that the medicine is the food source or the key, and it's not. It's just it's just a stepping stone. It's it's a door opener. And it, it, it can, and as, and you, as mentioned, you mentioned, Frank. Frank uh, uh, it's, maybe you can talk a little bit further about it, but it does uh, give you that. Sometimes it gives people a push through um, when they're maybe not let, able to let go. Similar to what happened with the healer up at Esalon, she was kind of able to get you to push through. Sometimes uh, some of these traditional ceremonial experiences will help you. And, you know, there are fire ceremonies, there's other ones that can have a very powerful impact to crack you open, yeah. let you release a, b a bunch of stuff that's bottled up. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were we were using, uh, at the time I was involved in holotropic breath work, and Liz was uh, having me breathe for several hours, deep, deep breathing, which is, uh, yeah. the, in my opinion, the most accelerated way to crack open the ego and, and let pure consciousness come to the surface yeah. uh, outside of plant medicine, um, I think is, is, is uh, the value of breath work. You've been also a very meditator, been a Vipassana many times over. Uh, how you would say that a lot's accessible there too in the, the, the still repose. If you can share how like the still meditation, a seated repose is oftentimes just as powerful, you know, as a plant medicine, as a pranayama and, you know, someone that sat many times over in long periods of meditation. Basically for our audience, how to achieve higher states of consciousness without marijuana and how that experience can be the same when we hit in those states of consciousness. It's a slower, generally a slower process. It can, ha it happen when it happens, it happens in an instant. So how long does it take to become enlightened? My answer is an instant. <laughs> <laughs>
usually, usually. And, and then how long can you stay there? <laughs> well, yeah, right. I mean, I maintain, sustaining it is, is another thing. But, uh, but getting there, you know, usually that instant is, is um, it, you know, leading up to that instant, it's many years, sometimes decades of, of that stillness practices that slowly chip away at the egoic mind that wants to be active and the intellect that wants to control everything. Uh, and, then, and then we have these moments of, of, of bliss or enlightenment um, that, that can happen. And, um, and many of the elders, after having uh, you know, big proponents of cannabis and uh, other entheogens, to invoke the presence of, of the divine uh, later in life kind of redirect people to say, hey, you can get there just as, as easily and perhaps in a more stabilized uh, uh, manner without, without the use of, of the entheogens, just through sitting practices and breath work and yoga uh, and practices. So... Yeah. Is that well? Isn't that isn't that isn't that beautiful though? Where physiologically we are set up to be high, at our best. We are set up to be in a place that is blissful when we are at our optimal health or at our optimal uh, alignment with the universe. And that's and that's that's that, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, but if if people don't know that that's there for them without without. Uh, how, how do you say it? Antithesians? Antithesians? <laughs> how do you say it? And and entheogens. Entheogens. Without the entheogens, I want to sound fancy. My lips won't even <laughs> make that word. Entheogens. We don't need the entheogens when we're ultimately at health, right? If our minds are aligned properly, then then we are high. Because that was my experience. I had a friend that was horribly allergic and addicted to the marijuana plant. And I was like, man, I don't understand what your deal is. And uh, at that point I was heavy into the meditation and at probably my optimal, optimal as a human being, this was like 20 years ago. And uh, so I smoked, right? And I'm not a smoker at all. Like I like every decade or something. And I don't, I can't even afford to do it now because I can't even risk it. Uh, but, but I found that I was like, oh my goodness this marijuana is taking me right to where I already am. And I'm like, oh, God, the, the, the poor guy just wants to feel normal. The poor guy just wants to feel like he, he, he a human. And without the drug, he, his mind was racing and he was almost psycho psychotic. So he had to go into some heavy-duty rehab from marijuana because of his heavy, heavy pull to it. But... Uh, I guess my role was to let him know that, man, you can you can get there other ways. You can get there, and uh, I guess that was my role to in, in relation to him in in that, in that phase of my life. But uh, everybody's got to know that. Everybody's got to know that you can get this optimal feeling as a human in another way. And by gosh, if marijuana agrees with you and it opens that gateway and it reminds you of the human that you are and that you don't have to think so much and you don't have to worry so much and you and you feel like you need to feel better and by god well i think it'll evolve like anything will like i said we'll get back to how plants you know we're evolving into it and reawakening it 
Um, in indigenous culture, you might share, Frank, uh, your perceptions of how, it, because there are a lot that many tribes less left on the planet that are in traditional setting and uh, they operate a little bit differently, how they commune with earth and the plants. I don't know what your perception is on that, but maybe you could share it. You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. This is your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardavani. I think with the industrialization of agriculture and, and you know, big city living, we've become disconnected from, from nature. And that's what I would encourage um, all your listeners to do as a, as a first step or, you know, and, and, and a last step. I mean, continually do what you can to be, uh, to expose yourself to being in nature without your electronic devices uh, around and go barefoot in the soil and, uh, you know, hug a tree, I mean, just be, you know, spend time in, in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> hug a hugging tree. trees. I'm all for hugging trees. <laughs> I always take the, I used to take the kids hug tree hugging when they had a bad day. <laughs> so Frank, we got, we got like, we got a few minutes left and it's like, we want to get, we want to make sure that we've gotten all the rasa out of you that we can get out of you in this little program. <laughs> and it's like, it's like uh, we ask the question, and especially to the enlightened folks that we consider you to be one, at least on this program, you're a genius. Uh, <laughs> if you were God, what were three things you would bestow upon the earth in these difficult, trying times uh, to help humanity through, through our struggles with COVID, through our racial disparities, through our learning curve of learning to accept and be more empathetic towards each other? Is there anything that you're holding on? If you were God, what would you? What would be the three things that you would? Wow. Be, besides, besides perfect cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> to to resolve uh, the racial tensions that we have, I would, uh, if I were king, I, I would sort of require that everyone have sex with someone from another race until all of humanity <laughs> was one color. First of all. <laughs> Procreate and make children, not just have sex, but... Ring that bell! <laughs> By the way, we'd all be a little browner, thank God, <laughs> as a result. So, yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, but... Uh, so, so, go ahead, that's one. That's one. You know, as for uh, uh, the coronavirus and, and all, I, I, I think it really points to... Um, Human, you know, the, the humans are, are effectively the scourge of the earth. Um, you know, through our massive, uh, you know, population and taking over territories and stripping the soils and, you know, killing the animals and that sort of thing. These strange viruses that we can't fight are are coming coming to surface. And um, so, you know, I would. Uh, you know, effectively encourage people to 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 um, to have more sustainable um, agricultural practices and animal husbandry practices, uh, and and um, 
be gentler and kinder to the the mothership that we're all surviving on. For, and we need. Number two, creates more sustainable agricultural practices. Number three, slow the frick down. <laughs> you would be a good journey god, from Frank. your head to your heart. <laughs> Frank, we got to put you in charge. You'd be a wonderful god. <laughs> yeah, and to, to that end, actually, Suzanne, uh, I started a church, um, and I'm nice. about the least church guy that you know you would want <laughs> with an S. Uh, nice. And it's all about it's all about this. So I'm codifying, you know, decades of uh, self navel gazing and self searching into some uh, into a curriculum for for better nice. living. How do we so how do we find that? How do we find that? What's the name of it? How do we find you doing that? That's a very good question. We, uh, I I just uh, I founded this in in January, and do not even yet have a website. So. Why don't we save it for another show and I'll tell you what yeah. I'm up to now. I have a retreat center that I'm closing on in Desert Hot Springs with uh, beautiful uh, natural hot springs uh, on the property. Uh, it's 40 acres. Uh, my intention is to create a fully sustainable uh, ecotourism, um, you know, agro-tourism uh, property for people to come out and really drop into themselves. So stay tuned. As soon as I Yay. have a website, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> Yay. That's exciting. <laughs> well, well, listen, well, listen Frank, I, 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 it's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for sharing the, the cannabis industry. Thanks for sharing your yoga experiences. And thanks for, you know, enlightening us with uh, your future goals and, uh, and giving us some insight and some helping us understand what this cannabis industry is all about and to understand that it does have a place here. And it does serve our humanity in a particular, unique fashion. And uh, let's just hope it, we all find balance and harmony with it. And center will be a great place for us to go retreat. Yes. Yes. And let, let's, let's, let's look forward to that retreat so Frank can take us into that, connect that long journey between our heads and our hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, well, listen, you could, you could sign off. You've been very generous with your time. Suzanne and I are going to talk bad about you now. <laughs> and, uh, thank you all. Many blessings. Ciao. Many blessings, Frank. We'll Namaste. talk soon. Ciao. All right. Ciao. Bye bye. I love the. I love when people light up when you ask them if you were God, and people like <laughs> take to that. You see, notice how they light up. It's like yeah. when they get into it. It's like wow, I like this idea. <laughs> wow, I would. I would give them this. I would give them that. And the gifts that everybody has given when they've been asked that question has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well. 
yeah, I think I've only witnessed one get a little nervous. <laughs> like, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> yeah, but then they got into it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, a double header there. We had Frank Marino going from finance to a sustain- sustainable church and retreat center in the desert. Oh, Random Rab. It was last night. That's why. Uh, well, these two guys, <laughs> so- Random Rab, Random Rab and... Uh, 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 and Frank Marino are going to be a great show. This is a great show. This is a great show. Both of these guys have a unique perspective. One musician, one actually, you know, probably financial wizard uh, who uh, has turned his back on the money and, and is looking to uh, invest his time into uh, larger perspectives in order to help somebody. But although he was talking about looking forward to when the feds drop their... Uh, drop their opinion on uh, cannabis generally so they can go to a broader scale. Uh, I think that'll be sad if it goes to a broader scale. It'll take it out of the mom and pop <laughs> cannabis stores. You know, What are you talking they, about? It'll take it out of the drug cartels? Because <laughs> fit, yeah, well, Phil, Willie Morris will uh, jump in there and dominate, no doubt. But, well, um, I, I do feel it'll, the plant will have her way. And eventually it'll evolve into its proper use. Uh, yeah, plants are more powerful than people realize. So it must be careful with how we handle them. <laughs> did, you, did you see him light up? Did you see him light up when he, went, when he started t- talking about the yoga from his business? He was like, oh, like, you know, like you can feel him like working it out in his head. And you talk about the yoga and all of a sudden he starts to soften and smile. And yeah, and, uh, yeah very yeah, serious did. man lightened up. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. He has four children, and he's very uh, always been a very hands-on dad. They're all, I think the last two just graduated from high school, but he, uh, yeah, he's wears many hats for sure. Uh, well, that's and, great. A dad, I, I, yeah, I guess that would have been something to bring up. I should have brought that up. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, well, well when not, he comes back to talk about center, we'll do that. <laughs> So. Well, this has been another show on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP 91.1 FM and online at uh, klbp.org with Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardovani. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be with Frank Moreno, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, we got, and we got Random Rap. Start opening up the show with wonderful music and some wonderful artistic insights. This uh, is Suzanne Toro and Thomas Ardovani with... Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP 99.1 FM, Long Beach Public Radio. Stay safe, Long Beach. And this is India, this is this is this is Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. Yeah, baby. I put out a little post. I'm doing a call for anyone that wants to nominate any indie creators nonconformists that uh, we might not know about to DM us on Instagram or Facebook at ICJZ TV and we're going to put you into an opportunity drawing to get some indie creator in the joy zone swag um, and, and other fun goodies but we want to celebrate people here locally in Long Beach uh, in nationally California and worldwide so send them our way looking for you indie creators in the joy zone you independent entrepreneurs with the nonconformist spirit they want to share your story we're here for you